Hey girl, do you feel that? That's a boyfriend material. This is episode 19, Stay, from 2005. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Canvas. Oh, you mean Canvas? No, that's boyfriend material. Canvas, very appropriate for Gaz the artist. Yeah. The troubled artist, the tortured artist. Or is he? Who knows? <laughs> What's real? Joe, what is real? <laughs> this, oh god, this movie. This movie. I'm, like, we were, we were talking about it, because I had watched it before you... I finished it. My first reaction was, that was a movie. It is the worst movie I've seen this year. <laughs> the problem is, and also I want, I want, to, I want to let you know, dear, 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 dear listener, that uh, my voice is shot. I also don't give a shit because this movie sucks. My voice is shot because I sung uh, my face off with a friend of the show, Chris Podcasts. We were at a yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen concert last night. Um, so I... Uh, have sixty percent of my voice right now. You sound pretty. Yeah, good. it's just a little raspy. Yeah. Um, also, too much alcohol, not enough sleep, all those things. You know, I'm in recovery mode today. It's okay. The problem with this movie is that it is mostly, not entirely, competently made. Like it looks pretty good for most of the time. It looks pretty it's good. I agree. With, filled with good actors. Tons of good which actors. Which is crazy. The cast is nuts. Yeah. But it thinks it's so cool. It, thinks it it's also. Very cool. yeah. I don't know why there are so many directorial flourishes like, like what like zooming in on a picture that then becomes the frame just like this like the swivel like the weird cameras and stuff yeah, like they I do. don't know why like it's 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 disorienting which I guess is the point but it's too much yeah I took it as like to be part of like the twists and the you don't know but at the same time like they're all pretty shitty twists I was like why do you want to embellish them and it like gives you like a huge hint that like what you're seeing isn't real, you know? And you're like, well, you could have just surprised me at the end as opposed to telling me throughout the whole movie that there's going to be a twist at the end. So the movie literally opens in a car wreck. Uh, yeah. that we don't, you don't exactly know what it is, but there's a car wreck. Yep. And Gosling is sitting upright in like on the Brooklyn... We don't know, but it's the Brooklyn Bridge. We find out at the very end that this entire movie was essentially not his life flashing before his eyes, but, like, his mind sort of playing tricks on him, either before he is about to go off and die, or just, like, before, you know, as he was in this accident, because everyone who tends to him, Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts and whoever else, he, like, creates this world that they are all his psychiatrist and his psychiatrist's wife and, like, all this, and it's just, well, his like... girlfriend, yeah. Why? Like, he didn't know these people. Like, <laughs> it, there's a twist, but, like, there's no value or punch to the twist. It's just, like... That you didn't see that coming. It's like, no, because why would I? How would I? I thought we were going to get, like, a fight club situation. Because in the scene where he's, like, fighting the psychiatrist, like, I thought we were going to get this fight club situation where, like, the psychiatrist was the guy. So I thought, similarly, I thought Gosling was not real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I felt a little bit of a, what is this, like, I see dead people? Sixth Sense. Yeah, I felt a little Sixth sense that, like, I thought, no, this guy, yeah, I thought Gosling wasn't real and this guy was going to be dead. And, like, Gosling's becoming dead, so he's, like, meeting all of these already dead people, right? Because, like, everybody, like, around him is kind of tragic. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, so, like, this guy's, like, crossing over or doesn't realize he's dead yet, and this is, like, this guy's exposition to, like, being dead, but nope. All movie long, I was like, there's gonna be a twist, because this is also, I, I message you, because as I'm watching these movies, especially movies that aren't as good, like, when it's when it's a good movie, I'm engrossed, and I'm, you know, watching, and I'm taking yep. notes and remembering yeah. things and whatever. When it's a movie like this, where I'm just like, oh, this is not gonna be good, I go on IMDb, and I pull the trivia that I'm gonna talk about in the episode. I've never seen a higher ratio of 
Because in IMDb, there's like different, like the trivia page is like most of the trivia, and then there's like if there's cameos, if there's director trademarks, and then there's spoilers. Yeah. So it's like basically don't read these until you've seen. Like in theory, there there could be spoilers up top, but don't read these spoilers until you've seen the movie. And out of the 15 trivia bits for this movie, seven are spoilers. And I've never seen so many. So I was like, oh, I guess I know exactly what kind of movie this is going to be. Let me just not read any of these. Are they really even like twists? They're just like we just didn't explain this until the end. It's not a twist in the sense of like you were led one way and believe something else Correct. they don't yeah, really yeah, yeah. explain shit you know like it's a reversal as it's not a twist but it's a reversal i think kind of it's like okay that's a good word for it a good twist you can sort of hint at it all along like this movie's like hey something's weird and you're like yeah i get that but i don't know like there's no way <laughs> yeah. to guess this twist that's what i'm saying yeah that's exactly what i was trying to figure out like that's that's why i was like not calling it a twist either because it's not like something actually happened it's just like it's telling you like this is weird but not like you're going to be surprised by it at the end. Because, like, when I was watching it, I, like, looked at Rachel and I was like, this movie, like, as we're in in it, I was like, this movie feels like a shitty version of the game. It's kind of surreal. It kind of feels weird. I'm getting the game vibes because, like, that's one of my favorite thrillers and, like, Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Except it's not accomplishing that. It's just telling you stuff's weird and then you get to the end and you're like, oh, this is why I've never heard of this movie before. So here, here's some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, some of which you know, some of which you don't know. You said to me that it's like The Game, it's like Fight Club, it's like Seven, even, it's like all these movies. I didn't even realize what I did, but I was like, They're this all Fincher movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was telling Rachel, I was like, this game, it feels like The Game, it kind of feels like it wants to be Seven, and it has a Fight Club element to it. And you're like, oh, those are all David Fincher movies. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I always forget. And at one point, David Fincher was supposed to direct this, and he didn't. Which I think is because he read the script and was like, this movie sucks. I'm not doing this. So I'm going to get to there in a second, too. I don't know. I think we either talked about it possibly when we did... Maybe when we did Film Club about Fincher, or maybe we just talked about it in a different thing, but, like, David Fincher in a lot of his movies uses a lot of yellow. For for different reasons, yellow has a lot of different meanings and stuff like that. This movie also features a lot of yellow. So it's like, oh, we're not going to get Fincher, we're going to make it you don't seem... Mean, do you mean the col- like the bold yes. color like, yellow, like, or literal, like a like, sapia tone of the... Like a literal, like, literal yellow on the frame, sort of, like, yellow lighting sort of everything is kind of like and a yellow tinted toward that to sort of give a certain feel right okay and so i I like that not only does it feel like a david fincher movie like a bad david fincher movie but it looks like a bad david fincher movie (laughs) yes this was I, i mentioned this a while ago i don't remember if it was on a podcast or not this movie was written by david benioff who was one of the two guys who co-created Game of Thrones, the TV show. Oh, I remember you saying... No, I knew the name when I saw like the first ending credits, and I didn't know why I know, knew that yep. name. D. That D. makes David sense. Benioff. You know, for, for what it's worth, you know, everybody has different takes on Game of Thrones, but it's probably the most successful show in the last decade. For sure. When it was at its height, it was one of the best shows, and not the best show on TV. He sold this script for $1.5 million, which is a wild amount of money, like a ridiculous amount of money for to a script. To sell a script, yeah, I guess, right? This is also his first screenplay he ever wrote or he had, not that he ever wrote that he ever sold so this was like this like highly sought after like this is gonna be the movie right like this is gonna be like the biggest twist movie yeah like the game yes exactly uh this is directed by a guy named mark forster so here's it's a name i did not know however um i've seen some of his movies so this movie comes out stay comes out in 2005 right a year after this movie comes out the first daniel craig james bond movie comes out okay. so as they're making this movie they're probably making that movie too yes. it's casino royale this guy mark forster yeah. Goes on to make Quantum of Solace, the next James Bond movie. So they say, 
okay, we just had a, a wildly successful James Bond movie with what people are going <laughs> to one day say is, you know, maybe the best James Bond of all time. Daniel Craig's awesome. Yeah. Who do we want to direct the next James Bond movie? This guy. He goes from this movie... I don't know if he directed anything in between. I want to take a look. But, like, how does a guy like this that makes a movie that's this erratic and this crazy and this, you know, much of a mess and then get arguably, like, the most respected and revered franchise in the history of movies? You know what I mean? Like, what? I don't know, man. All these guys got, like, a huge come up the the whole way down the line, right? Like, (laughs) so he actually went, so he's he's directed a bunch of things. So he uh, directed Monsters Ball. In yeah. 2001, which okay. is the uh, Billy Bob Thornton Halle Berry movie. Yep. Yeah, Halle Berry. He did Finding Neverland. Then he did this movie. Then he did Stranger Than Fiction, which is uh, that I Will Ferrell movie, movie, which is I great. really like that movie. It's a great movie, yeah. Which is actually much like this, now that you brought up the fucking Stranger Than Fiction. Hearing voices and stuff? Like, the hearing voices, not really knowing what's happening. And he, like, went out to correct this movie, I guess, and got fucking Will Ferrell to do it, apparently. Yeah, and then he did The Kite Runner, which I think was acclaimed, and then he did Quantum of Solace. And then since then, he's done Machine Gun Preacher, World War Z, that Brad Pitt zombie movie, All I See Is You, which I don't know, and then the new Christopher Robin movie that came out last year. It's like, this guy is all over the place, and, like, he's made good movies before, but I just think it's crazy to go from basically like this and, like, oh, we gotta get... Let's well, get no, the guy if he who did, did Monsters Stay. Ball and stuff. No, if he did Monsters Ball, I think that his previous track record was, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was carrying him. It's not like he... This is his first movie, and then... But still, I was just like, oh, boy, like, that is... That is crazy. So Gosling's not in this a ton. Like, the movie's what? about I think him. he is a ton. He's a ton in this. He's at least well, in, like, half. Well, Ewan McGregor... Like, the whole movie is Ewan McGregor looking for him, right? Because it's like, yeah. again, because none of this is real, nothing really needs to have follow any rules. But Gosling, in the, in the beginning, uh, goes to... His therapist. But his therapist, and there's therapist. Like a substitute therapist, yeah. yeah. And so, which is already kind of fucked up. You have this, you build this rapport with a person, and then they're like, oh yeah, no, this, this, there's the new guy here. I'll just tell this guy all my this secrets. This is weird, and this would never happen, right? If you're going to a therapist, they would have to give you some kind of warning that like you're going to get a new therapist the next day. You can't just like spring it on someone. He's like the shittiest, worst therapist too, because like he goes home and he start he's like blabbing to his wife because like you're allowed to do that. It's HIPAA. He can't like tell them about this kid, but he tells her exactly who it is. That's the problem. That, but it's also like Gosling in the beginning like looks out the window and, like it's a clear sunny day. He's like, it looks like it's gonna hail, which is the broken glass from the car accident. He's oh, like, oh boy. I was gonna ask you about the hail thing. I didn't get it. it then it hails, and so yeah, I think he basically goes home and like, you're never gonna believe this. Like I had this new this patient today, and he's like, it's gonna hail, and then it hailed. Like well, that's weird. But then. He's like, you and McGregor's like very distressed. And Naomi Watts is like, it's that new patient, right? You know, why don't you tell me about him? And then Neil McGregor says, haven't you heard of Dr. Patient Confidentiality? And Naomi Watts is basically like, come on. He's like, all right, here's everything you possibly would need to know. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, it's weird, man. We have to do HIPAA trainings yearly. And like, I don't even see patients, right? So like, I like HIPAA is very serious. And we, you know, we have like lots of doctors that work with us. And they definitely will come in and tell us, like, the gist of a story. You just have to be like, oh, I have a patient. This is the guy. Not like he's a student in your art school that you go to. Do you know him? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, what the fuck? Like, you can't do that. And she's like, oh, let me talk to him. Like, absolutely not. You're not a doctor. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. In the beginning, Gosling's like, on Saturday night, I'm going to kill myself. Yes. It's the first thing he says, yeah. Ewan McGregor is like... Because you said that, I need to take action now. Like, I can't, like, we have confidentiality, but, like, when you threaten self-harm, I have to report it. And so then, like, Gosling also, basically runs away. Also, he would instantly get locked up. Yeah, but they, like, they also, can't I mean, they go, through, they go through that here. They kind of do, but they, there wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to delay it because we can only keep him for two days. It would be like, no, if he said, I'm going to kill myself on Saturday, you go to the, the mental hospital then. 
like they lock you up. You're done. You know right. what I mean? Like that's their excuse. It's like, oh, we we wouldn't still have him on Saturday, and if he's gonna kill himself on Saturday, it's not gonna whatever. So it's, why uh, why we can't just why did you have to like input this part of the movie to not make sense when you could have just condensed the timeline and been like, I'm gonna kill myself in one day just to give yourself this movie, I guess. Yep. Keep in mind, this is the movie where like he's gonna kill himself at midnight as he turns 21. The numbers 21 are all over this movie. At the end, you like zoom out of the the Brooklyn Bridge and there's the ambulance there, and the ambulance number is 2121. Oh, like that's this right. is the kind of movie where it's like that's the the level of like creativeness. It's like oh, we're gonna sprinkle these in, but the, like the numbers don't mean anything. Like it's not like <laughs> we have no context or basis for like who this guy is. We see him in what appears to be an accident or something. It's not explained. The movie happens, but none of the movie's real. And it's just like I don't I don't care. I don't understand. <laughs> it's stuff like this with like the 21 sprinkled throughout it. Things that I always think that like people that. I don't like reviewing movies. Always tell, like, if I'm like, hey, I thought Stay sucked, they'll be like, but all the 21s, man. I know. And you're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make the movie better. If you like it, that's cool, but it doesn't it doesn't make it better to me. Like, I think, like, in college, like, I feel like we were both the type of person who, like, 10 years ago would have been like, can you believe this movie? Like, this movie, mind blown. Like, no, I don't you, think so. I don't, you don't think, think... You don't think... You never, you never would have thought this movie was cool? Never would have thought this movie was cool. I Like, I've done it with other movies, so I'm not saying I'm above this. This one, I would have been like... Nah. I, I, I just don't know. Because I think, like, it's just so disorienting. I remember vividly seeing the number 23, which was that Jim Carrey yes, I remember. Uh, movie in theaters. Which, like, the, with the, I don't remember what the twist was. There was a big twist. And I remember, like, the twist happening. Maybe, like, like, in the theater, be like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> and, and again, like, I don't want to, like, talk ill of movies. But, like, I feel like when, you're, when your movie is predicated on a twist and it doesn't work. It's like, oh, this is a it waste of my time. Hard. Yeah, it it's yeah, you could definitely be like this did not deliver. Cuz I feel like you're not you're it's the kind of thing where like you're not respecting your audience. It's like I'm going to try to be like so cool. Like I'm gonna, they're going to be wowed by how smart this is. It's like, well, it is it could be smart if you like had any kind of follow through at all. And I don't know if the original script, you know, like if David Fincher in 2000 five whatever say yeah. say like 2002 2003 like this is after fight club this is after seven you know like he's a name and so for him to be attached like the script had to probably be good you know what i mean like at least at some point there's potential there and i don't know you know how it fell out how exactly like what it. what got adapted when if the new director yep. had different ideas or whatever like i don't know what happened but like something along the way or always was just like oh i did no no <laughs> my first note after I wrote down a, such a dramatic opening of a car flipping over instant nominee for worst gosling hair because oh boy it is bad well Rachel a thousand percent agrees with you because she said Jesus that hair is terrible as soon as she saw him come on screen <laughs> it's really really bad like it's just it's like, pretty bad yeah he lo- like it looks and again I think this is because he's he's portraying a mentally ill person you know he's a young kid or whatever no it's just hipster hair from this time period it's not even like it's also it just looks greasy and it's not cut or kept well it's just yep. it's it's a mess yeah, it's not it's not very good. The first uh, least boy from Cheryl moment I have is that after I mean, he's on the way, I think, home from Ewan McGregor's office, uh, he's just on that subway car and he just lights a cigarette. And I'm like, what the like, what the what? <laughs> yeah. And then Tio Salamanca from Breaking Bad is yep. like, hey, guy, put that out. And then there's a girl who just like starts a conversation. Like, Nobody else cares. That he's smoking. Like if somebody did that today, you, like everyone would move. They're like, what? what is happening? Only one guy says something, and then the girl's like, hey, I know you. You're from that psych class, right? And it's like, wait, wait. Like, it all feels like it's like, none of this feels real, because it's not. But, like, it it's so aggressively... But it could feel, it could feel more surreal than, than... I mean, it's all right. It could feel more real and still keep a surreal feeling than 
it being just like wildly incomprehensible. I feel like it could either go more real or more surreal. Yes. And either way would be better, but it just straddles that line and it doesn't hit either, and it's like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. The there's a bunch I'm I'm sure you noticed because Tio Salamanca comes back later as the shop owner. There's a lot of actors and there's like main actors and also extras who play multiple parts in this. Again, I, I guess mean, sort of hinting at split personality, but it's not. Yeah, because Tio comes back, but he knows Gosling, so you're like, okay, so like, what the fuck is really going on here? Mm-hmm. Did Gosling actually see this guy on the subway and like, no, he didn't. He's he just made him up, anyways, because because Tio Salamanca plays two characters and he's at the crime scene. It's just everybody who's at the crime scene. It's just it's that's who Gosling is thinking of this entire movie. But like, what tipped me off here was that Sterling K. Brown, who it, you might know as the one black guy, the one not white guy in this yes, movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's he from? I, I so watched the movie with, with him. He's most in it famous now for he's in This Is Us. He's the one of the stars of This Is Us. But you would know him from uh, he played Darden in the uh, the. the the defense lawyer in OJ in the uh, the That's American right. crime story. I recognized him and and I thought so and I was like, where the fuck did I see him? Does he also play like the gay guy in the Hamlet rehearsal? Yes. So here's the thing. So early I was in the like, movie, I, it looked like him because he passes the the psychiatrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I th- I saw him again, and I was like, Rachel, I think that's the same guy. And then, but he didn't know who he was at the second time. And I was like, well, why the fuck doesn't he know who he is? That's right. really weird. In the beginning of the movie, Sterling K. Brown is like a lawyer or a psychiatrist or something. Like he's in the office, and he like comes. He's like, hey, you know, knock knock, meeting in ten minutes or whatever he says. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, oh, and like he never comes back. I was like, that's a weird. You know, I, I know that he's not, you know, not a star yet, but like it's still like a weird kind of like featured extra like he's you know sixth or seventh build or something i'm just like weird that he's not gonna come back and then when they're at the hamlet rehearsal i'm like is that and like i had that moment where i'm like is that starting k brown or am i being racist you know what i mean like i don't know i did the exact same thing i I brought it to rachel and i was like oh this guy look it's him who is he and then i was like oh never mind i just thought it was the same guy from before right i had the exact same moment that you did and so i the voice like i'm better at voices than faces and i was like it sounds like him and it looks like him but you're never really up close on him and he's playing a gay character so he had like a little you know yep he walks away he walks past Ewan McGregor. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta look this up. And then I, I go on Letterboxd, and like he's right, he's like Bud slash Tony. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh. And you're like, and oh, I, it's one like, of I these start, movies. I, I like mouse over other actors, and it's all like this slash this. When Ewan McGregor is going from diner to diner looking for Athena, and he goes to the first diner, and there's an Athena, but she's like this butch cook. Uh, she's in this movie, I think, three times. She's like a paramedic, and she's the cook and she's this other person i knew her because like i was just like what like she is uh on girls that lena dunham show oh yeah plays uh lena's mom oh and she's also the judge on big little lies the new big little lies i was just like why is she and then like i I keep seeing her like what is like what is this movie yeah i don't know man the the duplicates and the triplicates and like the doubles and triples and everything and like the repetition of things is making you think and again this is just a lack of respect for the audience making you think that like it's gonna be the split personality or that you know he's a imagining a second person or whatever yes and then it's not and it's like well what what did you do that for yeah i don't know man i was yeah i was thinking the same thing i don't know i don't get it i didn't take another uh, nomination for most or least boyfriends here moments. i'm just looking through my notes for but as you mcgregor is going from diner to diner there's that like uh sort of trippy song that plays it's it's the it just says who am i who am i that song is from the animatrix like i'm sure it's been used in other things but like but you animatrix, remember it yeah especially for things that i love and i love the matrix i love all that stuff and i listened to that soundtrack a lot i was like again like uh, the matrix where it's like things aren't as they seem and you know in the first matrix not the animatrix but in the first matrix morpheus brings neo into the simulation there's like people like there's like doubles and triples there and everything like that and like there's deja vu yeah and i was like how are you gonna like like i understand like reuse 
using a song because whatever. But how are you going to take a song from a thing that is basically about the same themes as your movie and use this? Like, it just feels like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't get it, man. Did you know that uh, Gosling's character's last name, Lethem, is Hamlet rearranged? <sighs> oh, God. This is, again, there we go. 21's everywhere. This movie's can so you, deep. Can you believe it? So here, here's a, a bit of trivia about the color yellow. This is what I was talking about before. The color yellow is used predominantly throughout the film. This is verbatim. It represents sunshine, happiness, loyalty, joy, optimism, remembrance, and warmth. It energizes mood and relieves depression. It's the lightest and brightest color on the color wheel. It's an attention getter. One reason taxi caps are painted yellow, and in most countries, traffic lights and signs are yellow, meaning caution. Even some blind people can detect the color yellow. On the other hand, it represents cowardice and deceit. Judas is often depicted wearing yellow. So it's trivia that yellow is in this movie a lot. Yeah. And here's what yellow means. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is what yellow means. Sure. The only cool bit of trivia... Well, I guess there's two things, Gosling-related. So there's that one scene where he's, like, outside... I think it's a jewelry store. Like when he's when his when his head starts to bleed on the sidewalk, things get again weird and trippy and whatever. Gosling is the one actually controlling the camera when like the camera pans and swivels around and like you know focuses on the people around him. So Gosling was actually operating that, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it felt like he was operating in the car, and I thought that ultimately the big twist was going to be that the psychiatrist was the guy driving the car. Because mm. we don't ever see who's driving the car. We just keep seeing it from their perspective. Right. And I thought maybe we were going to get one of those, too. You know, like when I when I saw like the Fight Club moment where they like switch places, I thought we were going to get that. That makes sense. But no, it's not because no. nothing, you know, there's, there's no way to actually guess what's coming. And uh, the only other thing is that the original ending of the movie had Gosling standing on top of the bridge where uh, we, he's last seen before the truth is revealed, and he's shown as gray and spirit-like, looking down on the events that are happening on the bridge, which would have been, like, because, like, there's another bit of trivia that's, like, about how this whole theme is about guilt and survivor's guilt, because the other people in the other car died, but Gosling didn't. But I don't think guilt comes really through the movie, I don't think. I think it's more like... He's guilty and trying to kill himself about it. No, it feels guilty. Because he said, like, I killed my parents, and that's why he's all freaking out all the whole time, and that's why he wants to kill himself. They don't do a good job of guilt, because at the end he dies. Like, if he would have, like, if he wouldn't have, if he would have survived, then it would, I think it would be a different feeling. I actually would have liked the ending better if he would have survived. I think he did survive. No, he closed his eyes, and they're like, we wish we could have done more, you know? I also don't care. I thought he survived, yeah. though. No. Like, he's drifting in and out, and they're like, oh, no, there's nothing else we can do. And also, they're a shitty doctor and nurse if they just, like, sit there and just, like, pretend to hold him. Like, they don't even try to rescue him. They're yeah. like, just wait for the ambulance. They're like, you have a doctor and a nurse right here. Like, you're not going to actually do anything? It's like, no, we're just going to talk about whether or not he can yeah. have this ring or whatever. So Yeah. And I think that's that's all my notes. I mean, there's there's nothing else I want to talk about, really. Do you have any other moments that, you know, we'll talk about, we'll do our, our picks later, but do you have any other moments you want to nominate, essentially, for most or least boyfriend material moment? No. I, <laughs> I really don't. When he gets, like, hung up with the ring, that could have been a very boyfriend material moment. Because he's like I, like, I had one of these rings. Like, I got my girlfriend a ring I was going to propose to her, and it looked just like this. And he should have been, like, stealing it back or something. But no, the movie's just like, yeah, I have this. The twist is just, like, an explanation of, like, where the things came from. But it's also, like, I don't care. Like, there's no meaning assigned to any of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... You'd like, have to ring. really ascribe to this movie. And I don't think that I ascribe to this movie. I, I'm still hung up on this fucking... The number... The Hamlet backwards and mm-hmm. stuff like this. Because this is one of these movies where, like, th- 
so you go in knowing that they think this movie's so cool, and they're like, this movie's gonna be so cool, and when people start, like, reading about it, they're gonna be like, oh, look at all this other stuff I didn't even see, and it's like, well, you couldn't deliver on the first fucking part, so, like, make a good movie first and foremost, and then add that shit in because you know that this is like one of the things like we like to go back like there's a ton of movies that we really like or shows even that we go back and we're like oh shit like they were telling us the whole time and like also hamlet like hamlet's about like revenge against an uncle for killing the father but like that's not what this movie's about like i don't know why there's so many maybe there's deeper ties to hamlet like i don't know but i don't know why hamlet is so important to the narrative of this movie i don't know because he kills his father in this movie because his parents are in the back so it's like a reverse hamlet they're trying to make the new age hamlet guess this is definitely not a movie i'm gonna watch again no uh, no absolutely not yeah joe so what's in goss, goss is hands? in it though wait did wait how do you feel about goss in the movie because we didn't talk about that oh i don't like him you don't i feel like it could be the script i don't think he's doing terrible no i think i don't think anybody is particularly doing terrible i think it's just that nobody has anything to work with nothing is it's not like nothing is really effective I can see this being one of these movies where, like, if it's so up your own ass already, I can see one of these movies where, like, the director was like, I'm not going to tell any of the characters what they're actually doing here, and I just want to feel them. You know, like, I just want them to feel the energy of the script. And you're like, oh, God damn it. Like, mm-hmm. another one of these things. Like, yep. that's what I think that, like, if, if this movie would have gotten big, like, if it would have been successful, we'd have a lot of interviews, like, how did you get them to do this? And he'd be like, you know, I just I just told them their feelings in the moment and let them go. Alas. Yeah. Um, all right, Joe, what's in Gosling's hands? Hey, Gos, what's in your hands? I got Lots the cigarette on the subway car. Lots of cigarettes. He's actually smoking cigarettes. multiple times. A gun. The gun he puts in his mouth at the yep. end. And he pulls the gun on the, the psychiatrist, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't see him paint, but at some point before the movie started, he had been painting, so he had paintbrushes probably, but... Yeah, but we just Anything else of note that was in his hands? Maybe, like, the subway car handle. I was trying to think if he was holding it or not, and I don't think so. But I was... I was When I was doing, like, you know, what's in his hands, I was thinking about that. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of him just, like, on the verge of tears and then disappearing because it's not real. And We got a lot of crying. If, we, if this would have been a Zeph movie, it would have been right up our alley, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, let's watch the trailer. I can't... I bet that this trailer is, like, going to be cool. And it's gonna, you know, be like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see this movie. You know what I mean? I'm excited to see it then. I would bet that it looks really dumb. Possible. So on YouTube, stay trailer posted by Sitting Ovations eight years ago, 606,000 views. I'm gonna let it buffer a little bit. Let yeah, me know let when you are ready. Um, three, two, one, play. Do you ever hear of an artist named? Oh Chris yeah, Goss with the manatee. Yeah, of course. The the manatee like glasses in his hands. I've never seen it. Nobody has. He burned all his paintings before he killed himself. All the uh, Dutch angles, all the twisted mm-hmm. camera shot, like, oh, mm-hmm. things aren't what they seem. Yeah. Years, then go to New York and kill himself. And that's exactly what he did. And there's the fire of the Left car. This is the, this is the first oh, movie so he did after the notebook. So, like, I think they're just capitalizing on, like, look at your favorite boy in this movie. He's so angsty. Yeah. And you see why I thought she was the sad queen, too? Because she kind of, like, they all kind of look the same in all these movies that he's been in. Well, the music's deep, now. long hallway shot, he hears voices. There's so he many books in this movie, too. Like, just like lines, like bookshelves and like walls and walls of books. There is. The Gosling shot when he's in the strip club is pretty weird. Oh, Actually, the strip I club, like yeah, the last show, yeah. Yeah, that would be like a really good music video, wouldn't it? I think like so. Arctic Monkeys music video. Why you like call, why you call me when you're high? Yeah, like you're just like sitting in the strip club crying. And your life is playing on the video in the background or something. Oof. Oh man! What a transition. I know. They were telling you everything. We just didn't even see it. 
<laughs> yeah, though dancing in the rain, that's kind of fucking weird too. Like, pretty useless, picking out a ring. Yeah. Bleeding from the head! Like, what the fuck was happening there? Well, he got hit, you know what I mean? He got hit like that was in the accident, you know? So. Yeah, I know. But, like, wh that doesn't explain why he's. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, nothing explains anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not yeah. real, so. Yeah. Stay. I, uh, I was wrong. Uh, that was not a good trailer. Told you. I actually wonder how well this did at the box office. Let's see here. Well, you can look up the numbers, that's for sure. Let's see here. What's actually the budget first? Hold on. Budget. Oh, Jesus. $50 million. Holy fuck. How did it do? Worldwide, 8.3. Opening weekend, 2.1 million. Total in the U.S., an entire run, 3.6 million. Maybe another 4.7 worldwide for a total of 8.3. Yuck. Oh, boy. They took a beating. That Jesus. is brutal. Yeah, that's pretty rough, man. I don't know how this director honestly ever got to make a movie again. Because <laughs> if you if it costs fifty million, they probably do, rough rule of thumb is you double that to For do like, marketing. You know, in theory, lost ninety million dollars. At least it lost forty million dollars. Yeah, astounding. Which makes sense why it's not like on Netflix or anything. They're still trying to recover costs from this movie. I was like looking. I was like looking for it on like Netflix and like Amazon. Like if there was like a free way to watch it, <laughs> there's not. You have to rent it. <laughs> I'm gonna look right now. Uh, 26% of Rotten Tomatoes. Not that I, you know, I don't. I watched. Yeah, I saw that. A muddled brain teaser stays a solid cast and in innovative visuals, but little beneath the surface. 70% of audiences liked it though. You know what this movie reminds me of, and this is gonna be like mildly offensive. Is that this is a movie. That like harpening back to what you were saying, this is a movie that people that think they like art movies but don't would tell you that this was a really good art movie. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. Th this is what I'm saying. Like, remember, like you were like, oh yeah, we would like pretend like we liked this in high school or something. Like, no. But I think that I could definitely see a friend being like, my favorite movies are Avengers and Mad Max, and be like, but I watched this sick art movie yesterday, and you're like, what was it? And like, stay, and you'd be like, oh, god damn it. Let me see if oh ooh. What? So this is interesting. So a uh, Google game, Ryan Gosling stay. There are things here we've never seen before. Really? One of which, one of which is how does Ryan Gosling stay in shape? <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> the, yeah, that would make sense. But so there's trailer, there's 2005, there's movie quotes. Is Ryan Gosling movie, going to stay with girl? And is Rotten that one Tomatoes. of them? No, the, everything else is just like normal Google game, but not like hair or cigarette or painting or something. There are three. Three that you could guess. None are about him. Movie? I don't know, because you would have given me the easy ones. There's three of them, but none of them are about him? Yeah, I think they're using, because like, Stay is such like a vague title, that I think they're just saying, like, oh, the Ryan Gosling movie was Stay, you know what I mean? Stay in theaters? Nope. What? What is it? I, I can't even begin to guess, because Stay is such a vague name. Anagram. Oh, Hamlet, okay. Lethem. Yeah, that makes sense. Ryan Gosling explanation. Explaining why he ever did this movie. <laughs> well, I think just like what the movie, like what the actual, but yes, I I, I wish it was like, <laughs> why would he do this movie? <laughs> it's like the Channing Tatum comment on like G.I. Joe. It's just like, I fucking hate that movie, <laughs> you know, like something like that. I can see a movie based on the other movies that we see Ryan Gosling do because we're going backwards. I bet Ryan Gosling really likes this movie. You think? Yeah, I think so. Because like, think about like all the other like art house movies he does. 
does. They just execute better. I think that he probably really likes this movie. Because he continued making movies like this. He wasn't like, oh shit, fuck, I'll just go back to the notebook. Like, he like kept he kept on this path. He was getting there. So I think he really liked it. I get, I don't I, I hope not, but maybe. And, and the only other one is uh, Ryan Gosling's Stay, Don't Go, which I think is just a reference to La La Land. Probably. Okay, Joe, we're going to go to Letterboxd. Just prepare to get sad. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't even have words. For comparison's sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 378,000 people. That's a ton, yep. Stay, 2005, directed by Mark Forster. Let me just actually run down the cast. Ewan McGregor, Ryan Gosling, Naomi Watts, Kate Burton, who I don't know, um, Elizabeth Reeser, who actually is in the Zeph movie Liberal Arts. She's she plays Athena. She plays the one in the in the hammer. Oh, play. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Bob Hoskins, who plays a doctor, who played Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Janine <laughs> Garofalo, who is the blonde. Oh, we didn't uh, talk about B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong was in it. B.D. Wong, uh, Jessica Hecht, Mark Margolis, Amy Sedaris is in this for like one scene. Sterling really? Brown. Yep. That's weird. Okay. But yeah, so Joe, Stay to the Mark Foster with all those Mark Forster with all those people. How many people have seen Stay? I'm gonna go. Man, we were getting we were getting big numbers before. I'm gonna go sixty seven thousand. Oh, way lower, way lower. Twenty two. Lower. Seventeen. Um, lower. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve oh forty three. Like this movie is just it. Nobody saw this in, in, okay. in, in, in a relative thing. But average score three point two. So I was like, oh okay. Because like when when the movie started and like I messaged you, I was like, oh this movie's a nightmare. And then I looked in Letterbox and I was like, oh wait, people like this movie. Yeah, and I was like, hey man, maybe there's a twist at the end that's good. There wasn't. Nope. But uh, as I was telling you, the number one review, the most liked review on Letterbox is a five star review. The second most liked review is a one and a half star review. So like. <laughs> People just, either they love this movie or they hate this movie. What's the one and a half star review? Is it like short? I'm not going to deny how a certain amount of concentration is required for, uh, it's, it's long. Oh, it's really, then. It's really fucking long. That's um, what I thought. So since I reviewed it, I gave it a half a star and I just said, woof. <laughs> Someone named Sem Seti, S-E-M-C-E-T-Y, reviewed it today and said, excellent, dot, dot, brilliant. So there's somebody else in this world, Joe, that watched this movie today. I can't believe that. They had seen it before, or was it the first time they saw it? First time, I think. Damn. So somebody was watching this movie while we were watching it today, said, excellent, brilliant. Gave it yeah. five stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was the one review, I want to see if I can find it, that I sent to you. We're going to play this guy, Luke Swales. Okay. He watched it recently. I think he watched it Hi. last Monday. His review, which I said this to you before, I have finally answered the question, what is my favorite movie? It's this. I've watched it about three times in the past day, and I still hit hard every time the ongoing theme of death and having to face it alongside the themes of struggling with something awful that you may or may not have done, and the theme of confronting failure. It's an amazing score. It makes me break down and cry every time I watch it. Interesting. So Luke Swales, that this is, of course, as he says, his favorite movie. It's his number one favorite movie on Letterboxd. Hopefully that changes. Top four movies. What are his other favorites? Oh, God. Eternal Sunshine. No, there's actually, I don't know that any of these, well, we probably have guessed because we play this game a lot. His number two movie, we, I think we've played, but we think we've done this before. It's a horror movie from the 70s. It's in, it's in outer space. I don't know. A horror movie from the 70s. One of the ones I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, uh, it's a it's in a franchise. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nope. Alien. Ah, that makes sense. Okay, yes, Alien. Cool. His number three movie, uh, which seems wildly different from the rest of them, is an Audrey Hepburn movie. Do you know any of her movies? No, I know none of her movies. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's number three. Okay. And then number four is again kind of like a mind fucky sort of movie. It's Stanley Kubrick's last movie. 
Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's third and final collaboration. Shit. There's uh, the orgy scene. Yeah. Eyes wide shut. That's right. And we decided for Film Club too. And this, I just want to show you, this guy who we just did these four, he has a very, very, very interesting breakdown of reviews, of, of his ratings. Like, it's almost across the board evenly distributed he gives a lot more movies three and a half stars but like that's i've never weird. seen like, that's not a bell curve it's almost like a flat line which is crazy yeah i've never seen this before either i thought you were gonna say he has like a weird rating thing like you told me about the other kid that was like a three is a seven and a four is an eight and like a five is a nine and then it was oh like, yes i don't, I don't know is... if we talked about that on on air but yeah i found somebody who's like i only use these four things i have a six point rating scale it's like dude there's a system in place already just use the system <laughs> just just use <laughs> Ten places, half stars. We got it, buddy. Like, we already nailed this. So, like, you don't need to fix it. All right, Joe, let us fire-ass titles this movie if we are renaming it in the style of High School Musical, this bare essence. What could this movie be called? Hailstorm. The Accident. Death. Good. Um, um, Nail the obvious one. There's one that's so obvious. I was, like, what giving it to you. Um, is, is there? Yeah. Do I have to do it? Go for it. Hamlet. Oh, sure. Yeah. Not a Fincher movie. <laughs> but it sure looks like one. <laughs> yeah. Yellow. Upside Down. The Upside Down? You, I would like to send this movie to the Upside Down. I think that the uh, the Demogorgon would like this movie. Yeah, I think the Demogorgon would really like this movie. Uh, You could just call it, there's a bad twist at the end of this movie. The bad kind? The bad kind of twist, yeah. Dancing Inside in the Rain. Confusion. <laughs> Breaking HIPAA law. I like that. Just, you know, we know know exactly what this movie's about. Breaking (laughs) HIPAA law. All right, Joe. Most and least boyfriend material moment. Before we talk about this movie, we're going to review our guesses. You said it's a movie about the championships of Red Rover. Yes. The whole thing is he has PTSD from his early Red Rover days, and he can't cross. He says, well, he does sort of PTSD. I'm close. I mean, Red Rover could not be farther away, but PTSD... From his... And he can't cross. Traumatic. Yeah, three quarters to a full point. Somewhere in there. He's a coach of a young girl's team, like in Half Nelson. He comes up to a girl and says, don't be like me. You can do this. It's like, wow. He puts a hand on her shoulder. You can do this. She puts a hand on his shoulder and says, we can, we can do this. They both cross. That's the end of the movie. But then at the end of the movie, he clotheslines a little girl full arm bar as he crosses. <laughs> Everyone cheers except for the girl with the broken nose. Most and least of a boyfriend material moments. Perfect. Very I thought close. when I was when I was watching this movie, I was like, "Oh, my guess is going to be kind of close," and it wound up being not close at all. But what was your guess? I forget. The year's twenty seventy seven. It's a time traveling sci fi romance. It felt like a weird kind of like sci fi romance, and I was like, "Oh no, that's just it's a very grounded. It's just like things are weird." But yeah. there was a moment where I was like, "Oh, like it's not in the future, but like." The movie is kind of about what I thought it might be about, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? I was like, for five minutes, I was like, maybe, oh no, never mind. Gosling's a time traveler. He needs an ant, well, I guess he is kind of a time traveler, because he travels through time in this movie, but I won't get myself points for that. Uh, He meets an android, a synthetic woman, and falls in love with her. He has a mission to keep moving, but she asks him to stay, so he does. After he stays and falls in love with her, he loses all sense of purpose, and becomes emotionally abusive towards a synthetic robot. None of that happened. Unfortunately. No, none of it. It would have been a great movie. Now, Joe, this movie, most yeah. and least boyfriend material moments. I don't know that I have a nomination for most. We only have the one that I can think of for least. The smoking on the subway. What do you want to say? What like, What are your picks for most and least boyfriend material moment in this movie? I don't know, man. It's tough? Yeah, it's really tough. Him spending a lot of time in a bookstore is probably the most boyfriend material moment. Okay. 
and released. Threatening to kill himself at a certain date and time. Yeah, that's pretty not that's pretty not boyfriendy. Yeah, I think girls wouldn't find that too attractive. Or do you think that like because he's such a good planner, they'd be like, oh, I admire his dedication to it. I want to see his calendar. What else? What else does he have scheduled? He's he's so organized. <laughs> I you gotta, you gotta respect the man with the plan. <laughs> yeah, I guess he can handle a gun well. Confident, powerful. The time has come though. <laughs> what for me to guess and you not to guess. What happened oh, in the yeah. notebook? Oh, is that our next movie? It is our next movie. Finally. Oh God. I can't and wait to hear also, we're going. I'm reminding you now, and I'm also letting our listener reminding our listener that after, like, in that episode, um, we are going to rank our 20 Gosling movies. So sometime this uh, some week, some day this week at work, uh, take the 20 that we've done and just put them in some order, and let's uh, go through them. Oh God, I'm so excited. We can watch it together next weekend too. By the way, I was thinking about that. Either re- record in person or watch it together in person. You know, we got to watch it together in person. Okay, we're gonna watch the Notebook. So here sure. is uh, here's what I know about the, the the Notebook. What do you know about it? Yeah. So it's him and Rachel McAdams. They're yes. on a boat at one point in the rain. They kiss in the rain. Okay, boat in the rain. Yeah. I think she has Alzheimer's, or he has Alzheimer's. Okay. It's like a lost love or something, and she's reflecting back on her relationship with Gosling on her die on her deathbed through a notebook. That's that's kind of what I'm guessing. Okay. I think at least one of them, if not both of them, die, but okay. I don't know that for sure. Um, okay. But I feel like the the notebook is the kind of, like number aside from the fact that I can't believe that I haven't seen it, other than like for a while, like it, it would never be the movie that like. But I just feel like I would have seen it by now. I feel like it's not it's the kind of movie that like you can't exist in the world without knowing a little bit about. It, it just permeated culture for a while. So also, I'm going to say... spoiler yeah, alert, it's definitely a David Fincher movie. Surprise twist ending. Ooh. <laughs> no, just kidding. There's not. I promise. I actually want to look up who directed it. Do you know who... I mean, I don't think he would know who no directed it. No fucking idea. No. Nick. Oh, Nick Cassavetes. Okay. Who directed more recently uh, The Other Woman, which was that Kate Upton, Leslie Mann... Cameron Diaz movie where Jamie Lannister is dating all three of them. Sick. Um, in the notebook, the most boyfriend material moment. I feel like there's a pressure here. Like I don't want to like let down because they're like it's such a like this yeah. is like the Gosling movie, right? So like this is yeah, you'll be you'll be all right. Good. Take a wild guess. I gotta go something with the rings. I know the rings happening. So they're going to. I think the most boyfriend material moment is that they go for they go on a date and they go rowing in a, in a boat and then it starts to pour and he gives Rachel McAdams. Uh, his jacket or something to cover herself up with, and then it just starts to pour even more, and then they just sort of give up and they laugh about it, and then they make out or have the sex on the boat. So the most boyfriend material moment is that he like sacrifices himself, his own dryness, to try to keep her dry in this uh, sudden downpour. Many, many, many spoilers. Like you have seven bajillion options for each of these moments in the movies. Oh, I'm sure. In the movie, it's just like it's just a constant stream of just most and least boyfriend material moments strung together. And I would movie. expect nothing less. Exactly. The least boyfriend material moment is maybe they're having a summer fling. Okay. I'm trying to think if 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 it's like a if he's a local and she's from out of town, or he's like this drifter that passes through. Okay. But either way, at the end of the summer, she wants to stay together. Maybe I just got to stay on the brain. She wants to stay together. He says, no, I have to move on. And I feel like it was like this, it led to this unfulfilling life for her because she could never recapture that love that she had that one summer. Okay. So the least boyfriend girl moment is that he abandons her when she wants a deeper commitment. Okay. So we'll find out next episode. I'm I'm excited for you to watch the movie. I'm very excited for it. Because I haven't like... seen it since it came out, but I definitely remember a ton of it, and not because I was excited. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Well, after The Notebook, we have like 10 more episodes. So we're, we're almost two-thirds of the way through Boyfriend Material. Mm. I mean, lately, as we've been recording these a lot, we are really flying through them. But The Notebook, next week... So excited. 
Very, very excited. Any other thoughts, Joe? Oh, wait. No, wait. Hold on. Sorry. Awards. Nominations. Yeah. Worst film. That's fine. Yep. Worst hair. Most disappointing movie, also. Yes. Definitely most disappointing. Yep. Worst Gosling role. Uh, we have no other nominees right there, bad. so it might, it might go away. But I don't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think... Because it's not really like a worst role. It's like... It's the movie sucks. Like, he's not... I don't think he's bad in it. You said you didn't like him, but I think it's, like, scripting and stuff like that. Most or least boyfriend material caliber role? Neither. No, neither. Most fun film? Anything. No. Best song or soundtrack? No. Cinematography? No. Costumes? No. Best or worst hair? Worst hair for sure, like you said. Worst hair for sure, yeah. Best or worst love story? There's no love story. Best Gosling scream? No. Best Gosling cry? Uh, crying in the rain? Yeah, while they're dancing. Best punch in the face. He's not gonna punch in the face. Best instrument. I thought he was going to. I, that's what I was hoping for when they were like doing the like tussle. I was hoping for a punch in the face. Yeah, I feel happen. like you know for for this podcast and for Zeph and for Channing, like the podcast that we do, like even when a movie's not good or enjoyable or like I'm never gonna watch it again, like it could still feel rewarding for what we do if like, oh, we these weird things happen. We watched a ton happen. of Zeph ones that were like bad movies, but that we loved because yep. it was just like everything we wanted. This is nothing that we wanted. Best Ryan Gosling kill. He literally, I mean, he kills people in the car accident, but it's not like kill, kill. You know what I mean? It's it's not like a, a, a murder. You want to say kills himself in a dream? No. Best job, he's a painter, but again, we don't really know. Or he just sort of seems like a, a scamp, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. Best non-Gods role, male or female? Nope. Maybe like B.D. Wong as the other doctor, because the, the creepy mustache is great. But, Joe, we nominated this for five things. Worst film, most disappointing, worst role, which might go away, worst hair, and best cry. Cool. For me. Any of your thoughts about Stay? This was a movie. It was a movie. For all other movies that we've covered, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, material at cageclub.me. Check out our other podcast, most importantly, Too Fast, Too Forever, our Fast and the Furious podcast, every other Tuesday, right here. Wherever you get this podcast, you can get that podcast too. And come back next week for the most important Gosling movie of all time. We fell in love with him as a nation, as a world, as a species, yes. The Notebook. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Boyfriend Material. <laughs>